This ESPN Chicago podcast is brought to you by Cover 5, the free-to-play sports game. This week, Cover 5 is giving you a shot at $50,000. How? Download the Cover 5 app or go to Cover5.com. Pick five games against the spread. And in week five, if you make the perfect five picks, you win $50,000. Cover5.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show. It is back. And like the Blackhawks, the lines look a little bit different. With Barstool Chief, I am Pat Boyle. Ryan, Chief, good good to see you. It's good to be here. Happy got to turn, be here. Turn mic. your mic on. There you go. All right, now we got a working mic. New studio, not used to this, So, but I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to talk a little hockey. Something clicked in the air for me. Where I'm just like, it is hockey season. I'm ready to be here. And then you called like five seconds after that. Hey, let's do a show. So here we are. So here we are. The uh, season starts Wednesday night when the Blackhawks open up against the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche. Yeah, that that was should smart be of interesting. Them. That was smart of them. That's like when, you, when you're doing a homecoming game, you want to schedule a sure. cupcake. <laughs> Avalanche got ahead of that one, so that'll be good. That'll yeah. be good for them to have like, a banner and all that. It's like the Bears, too. You, you see the national networks uh, line up early in the season to put like the Bears and, and now the Blackhawks on because technically they're still in it. You, yeah. you won't see a lot of games right. in March that feature the Blackhawks. Well, the, yeah, it'll be long over by then, and, and it's that's when we're going to kind of turn our eyes to college hockey and the minor leagues and see if we can have little... Little glimmers of hope at the end of this tunnel, so it should be uh, it should be an interesting season. So uh, we want to hear from you three one two three three two three seven seven six. You can watch us on Twitch TV slash ESPN one thousand Chicago or on the ESPN Chicago app. You talked about it. It, it, it feels like hockey season around here. Mm-hmm. Temperatures finally in the forties yesterday, and usually there's a ton of optimism. Yeah, especially for you. Like I, you're I, a passionate I'm, hockey guy. I am. I am Mister Optimism. You are. Yeah, uh, you're hopeful your team gets it together, makes the playoffs, and, and gets in the dance and makes a run at the cup. But that's not where you are at, or where Blackhawks fans are no, at. This, I mean, this it, year. Realistically, I've been doing some mental gymnastics to to find ways to get this team in the hunt and and maybe in for that last wild card. Even last year, I was doing that. It's like, well, you know, they got flurry, and if the defense gets a little bit better, and you know, Doc improves, and and I just would craft a path uh, for success that was you know it was fool's gold. And uh, and now this year, I'm not doing that. I'm looking at 2025. Uh, I'm on board with this rebuild. I think they've taken good steps. I think Kyle Davidson's done a good job uh, thus far. And, and restocking the shelves and acquiring some lottery tickets and, and away we go. And this year we just kind of have to tough it out. And it's like that, you know, that the last dance sort of sort with uh, Taves and Kane, only they're not chasing the championship like Jordan and Pippen did. But it is, I do want to watch and appreciate those guys, especially 88 in his last year here, because they don't come around very often. So if I have 60 games left with Kane, then so be it. I'm going to try to soak up all 60 games. Coming up, we'll hear from Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves as you know they discuss where they're at with the rebuild, the rumors that you know they will be moved before the trade deadline. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, two-time Stanley Cup champion Dave Boland will will be uh, a part of the show. And look, he was a part of the last successful rebuild in yep. Chicago that led to. Ultimately, three cups in six seasons. So it'll be interesting, Chief, to get his perspective 
of what it was like in those early days mm-hmm. when the rebuild was was just kind of getting some momentum and then seeing the payoff on the back end. Yeah, and that would be that that 06 year. And that was, you know, I was still going to a lot of games then. It was like the $4 student ID tickets back then. That was a great time. But you had, like, guys on the team. You're like, okay, like, we have Dave Bolin. We have Brent Seabrook. We have Duncan Keith. Patrick Sharp comes in. It was like, like I don't know where, how this thing ends, but it's, there were, for the first time in a long time, you were showing up to the United Center to root for guys on your own team and watch guys on your own team. This year... Other than 88, there's not a, there's not a lot of that. Yeah. Look, t- to me, it's like stages of grief, right, yeah. that, that you go through. You? Uh, so <laughs> I, I've, I'm at the acceptance part, okay. part of the yeah. rebuild, okay? Yeah. The, the, the first stage of grief or the rebuild for me was the Hagel trade. I'm like, okay. Yeah, okay. Know. Then it got real on, on draft day night yep. with the Brinkett being dealt, Doc being dealt. They went from no picks in the first round to three in the top 15. Mm-hmm. Um, or three, or two in the top fifteen, three in the first yeah. round, and I. But at the end of the day, the last plan from twenty sixteen to when Kyle said this is a rebuild. What, what plan? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Depended on the yeah. day and which way the wind was blowing. Right. It didn't make sense. Yep. This had to happen, it and did. I. I like Kyle's approach. I like building down the middle. Yep. I like speed. I like. Believing that the back end, you've got to have at least a legit number one, if not, you know, multiple, multiple yeah. top defensemen. And and look, they're they're not in the cup sweepstakes. They're in the Bedard sweepstakes. Right. And that's that's the reality. And that's what you needed. It was hard for Bedard. That's yeah. that's the plan. Yeah. It, that was the recipe in 06 when you got Taves mm-hmm. with the third overall pick, and 07 when you took Patrick with the number one yeah. pick, and you hit on both. Yep, and then you look at what Davidson did yesterday, or late last night, it was after I actually went to bed, uh, with the Stillman trade, it was like, hey, you got a second-round pick in 2024, and all of a sudden, you've got uh, two first-round pick or two picks in each round, two picks in the first, two picks in the second, two picks in the third, in the next two years. Yes. So you got a bunch of picks, a bunch of lottery picks. If you if you get maybe six NHL guys out of that, out of that grouping... Now you're starting to build a legitimate core, hopefully, that can you know get back in the playoff mix. Three cups in six years, probably never going to happen again, but it'd be nice to just have some competence, and, and it's good to chase like the grander goal. And that's why you had to get rid of Debrinket. I think nobody really wants to hear no, that. No, no. If you want to be in the sweepstakes for one of these top guys, Fantilli Bedard, then you had to remove 40 goals from the equation. And look, they got Kevin Korchinski with that seventh overall pick, and you were out at Prospects Camp as I was, mm-hmm. and we saw Korchinski in the preseason. There's a lot to like there, Chief, with his game. He's special. He's a guy who he has got a big brain. He's got a big old hockey brain, and he knows when to jump in the play. His skating is effortless. So he like takes risks uh, when he jumps in the play, but it never like it never feels forced. Never feels like he's out of position. He's a guy. What his ceiling is, who knows? But you can just look at him, a couple of games, and you're like, yep, he's got the right stuff. So he's going to be an impact guy here. Uh, I'm thrilled to have him. I like the other kid, Nazar. Uh, they have some little. They got there's a, there's a gleam. There's a gleam at the end of the tunnel. Uh, we just we just can't see it right now. Um, so it's just gonna it's gonna take some time, but this is I like the path that they're on. Yeah, Nazar, I love his speed. Yeah, and uh, I, he's gonna be 
when he finally makes his debut with the Blackhawks, he will be the go-to soundbite that you see on TV every yeah. night or on the radio when they play soundbites. Of course, they always do that on, on the Waddle and Sylvie show, the other hockey show on, <laughs> on this network. Yep. Um, so we'll be watching a lot of Michigan games this year to see Frantilli and to see yep. uh, Nazar, Nazar yep. and uh, to see kind of where their development is at. Yeah, and I think that, look at it, I'm always looking for hope. I'm always looking for optimism. And I, I, they have enough in the pipeline already that they, it feels like they've restocked the shelves rather quickly and also just started to get rid of some of the things that just weren't working, like the Nylanders of the world, Bolquist of the world, where it's like, you know, even if those guys hit their ceiling, what kind of guys are they? I'd rather have guys that are, you know, are going to play hard every single night. And Nazar has that in him. We even saw it with Savoie in preseason and, and in prospect camp where it's like that guy, he's just, he's, he's a hard guy to play against and yeah. he's un, unpleasant to play against. And it's like, you know, he's probably in the NHL when he gets here, maybe a third line guy, an NHL guy, but a guy who makes everybody big, better and bigger because he drags you into the fight, even though he's a little guy and he makes your whole team more competitive. They needed more guys like that. They had gotten away from the Dave Bolins of the world. Patrick Sharp had a lot of that little undercover bite to him where yes. he's a hard guy to play against. They needed more guys like that in the fold, and, and you can tell that the identity of the culture, the type of player they're trying to get is different, and that's a good thing. So the last regime, when you talk about bite to your game yeah. or playing on the edge, or, or let's just say playoff-ready yes. hockey, because that, yeah. that, that's the way the game is played uh, in April and May and June. I remember talking to in the previous regime's uh, scouting department, and they didn't have on their scouting profile a place to say that this player has bite to their game or evaluate that portion of the game. And I brought that up to Kyle Davidson. He said, that's one of the things we have got to change right away. Yeah. And and they did. They changed it this summer. And, and you can see by the Lafferty's and the type of player yep. that he's acquired so far that that's a, a, a top priority on his wish list of the makeup of a, of a forward. You can't win unless guys are willing to compete. They're, you know, It's like the old Herb Brooks thing with the Russian team. And it's like you have to have guys who are willing to do all... You're not good enough to win on talent alone, and nobody is. Right. Like, nobody is. Connor McDavid, who's the most spectacular player I've ever seen, he has bite in his game. Like, he plays hard, he, he wins races, he wins battles, he's not fighting people necessarily, and he shouldn't, but he's he's a tough guy to play against because he's on you every... He's competing for every loose puck there is. And the Blackhawks had really lost their way with some of that, and you would see it. You would see it on the ice when it's like they get down a goal and it's over... Or they're up 3-1, and the rare chances they're up 3-1, and you never felt safe because the other team would always win those races, find a way to get you know extra jam in front of the net, pot a goal, and then the wheels would fall off because they weren't mentally or physically tough enough. And I think Davidson recognized that, and you're starting to see that that is like a, a fundamental character trait that he needs, and it's... I love it. That speaks to like my my soul. So I'm excited for that. So are you on board with Kyle Davidson's plan here in the rebuild so far? And do you like the moves he's made uh, thus far? Dave Boland comes your way at the bottom of the hour. We've got a poll question up and running right now. How many players from opening night on Wednesday in Colorado will be on the next Blackhawks playoff team? You came up with this one in our pre-show meeting. So the choices are zero, one to two players, Three to four players or five or more. Again, uh, you can check that out on Twitter. We'll uh, check in on your results. Again, this is the Hockey Show. 
It is sponsored by the Chicago Wolves, who, by the way, are the default, the uh, defending Calder Cup champions. And they'll have their banner raising coming up uh, next Saturday. That's a great time. I don't know how often you get out to Wolves games, but I'm going to be... I got to get reps in going to the Metro for when the Bears go out to Arlington. Sure. I'm going to practice this season. I'm going to get on that Metro and I'm going to take it out to Rosemont because that the Wolves games are a fun time. It's a good atmosphere. Uh, so I highly recommend people do that. So the, Wol- the Wolves are, that's going to be good, competent hockey in Chicago. It's like the old days. It's just like the old days. Yeah. He's Barstool Chief. I'm Pat Boyle. Coming up next, have you come to grips with this likely being Kane and Taves? Last season with the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll discuss that. Your call is 312-332-3776. It's the Hockey Show presented by the Chicago Wolves. It's on ESPN 1000. It's the season premiere of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. Blackhawks playing their final dress rehearsal in uh, basically less than an hour in St. Louis. Yeah, blacked out. No one can see it. Maybe that's a good thing. But, yeah, we're leading right into that. So the season is is upon us. The roster is the roster. And, and, and away we go. So have you come to grips, Blackhawks fans, that uh, this indeed, in all likelihood, is the final year of Jonathan Taves in a Blackhawks uniform and Patrick Kane in a Blackhawks uniform. 16th season they're about to embark on, both in the final year of their deals. Both have no movement clauses. You know, the Blackhawks aren't going to go to them and say, hey, these are the list of teams that are interested. Yeah. They're, they're going to wait. And Paperson, the super agent in the National Hockey League, who uh, Patrick and Jonathan are both represented by, uh They'll do the due diligence and find yeah. that partner. And at some point, Patrick and Jonathan will have a decision to make of whether or not they want to go chase another ring somewhere with a contender or if they want to finish up and enter free agency. Uh, in all likelihood, I think both are, are going to find a landing spot and you're going to see both of them uh, approach the Blackhawks through Brisson, and there will be a trade made before the deadline. I, I'm not as sold on both of them going at the deadline. Okay. I, I think I think Taves, he still makes $10.5 million. He's not a $10.5 million player. I'm not sure teams, because all the teams that are going to be contenders, right? Right. They're going to be up against the cap anyways. So even Taves, let's see if the Hawks eat, eat 50%. But it's I, also prorated. So like if you move him in February or yep. March... Uh, you know, that's going to be around a three million cap hit or, you know, well, the cap. No, I don't think so. The, the real money in the cap are going to be a little different. No. So like the, the ten and a half. Yeah. Cap hit that it is now. Yeah. Will not be the same. Yeah. All right. But in in, in you, March. Yes. But you have to be able to fit him under the absolutely you might have to t- get a third team involved there's i think to, you will yeah and so, then we've also seen the ltir situation that yeah. you know tampa and other teams have done where you know find you find loophole. you find a player that let's say they need to get two million under the cap or yep. three million find that two and a half million dollar player who's a bottom six guy put him on ltir yep patrick comes aboard and then when the playoffs roll around, which is a loophole they need to fix. I mean, it worked I, to the Blackhawks' benefit totally. when Patrick had the broken collarbone yep. uh, and they were able to go out in 2015 
and they added a lot, added quite a bit. Yeah, Vermette, et cetera. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I I think they're going to have a hard time finding a trade partner uh, for Taves, and then you know, and Kane. I think people will be willing to kind of jump through hoops. I don't think they'll need. They'll probably eat his half of his take fifty percent from him as right. well to make it happen. But at that it, with the the Taves situation, if if it's like you're bringing in a third team, you're really kind of diluting what your return would be anyways. I, I think it's going to be difficult to get a deal done there unless he comes out and lights the world on fire um, and, and looks more like himself and looks like a guy who can be a valuable piece, which I suppose could happen. Just haven't seen a lot of spark in his game uh, so far this preseason, so I have my doubts. But, yeah, I, I'm not – it saddens me. Like, yeah, it, no, it, it should, it deeply, right? It deeply saddens me. There are certain guys you just look at and you're like, I don't want to see them play in another uniform. Like, it was weird seeing Duncan Keith in an Oilers... So weird. ...jersey. So I mean, weird. it was. Yeah. And, 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 and Sharpie in Dallas, it was it was strange. I ne- and I love that he was able to come back and finish here and, and fin- have the proper send-off. And even Jalmerson, but 88's at a different level. Sure. Where, where you have so many of... You know, I have memories. It's so like I, I look at that and I think of my dad. It's like right. I see Patrick Kane, I think of my dad. It, so there's this deep emotional connection to him that is it's just not gonna look right if he's passing the puck to mckinnon and mccarr uh this spring even though he's probably gonna be the happiest person on the planet so think about this this is year 16 of of taves and kane Uh, my daughter's 18 she just went off to college and i was talking to her and i said hey you know i mentioned uh, to patrick kane the other day that you're going to penn state and blah 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 and she goes oh did you tell him also that he's my password to basically, and I said, really? And then I thought about it. Yeah. You know, when when they were winning cups, you know, she was a young kid. A, and A baby. And yeah. so, you know, like for thousands and thousands of kids that grew up in the Chicagoland area, they have, you know, intimate memories connected to both of those players, to their, yeah. their parents or whatever. And it might be something as silly as, as a password that they're still using till this day. Yeah, and, and it's it, like it's so weird for that, but all like from my like I'm basically their age. Yeah. So it's if you, you kind of watch them like you're growing up at the same time in the same way with wildly different jobs, but it's like you remember vividly every single step of the way. Like I remember watching Kane in the World Juniors before he was drafted and like trying to convince my dad to get season tickets being like if they get this guy it's kind of things are going to take off here. Like you're going to want any, and he bought it. Like he yeah. bought it and he got the tickets and it was, but like, it was like, you could see at such a young age that like he was going to be special. And they had that great shootout game, USA and Canada where Taves was the best player in the world. And so it was like, wow, we're going to, we're, we have these guys kind of already here, the, the Bolins, the, you know, the Duncan Keith, Duncan Keith Seabrook, et cetera. And you could add these two guys and it, it was better than, it was beyond anyone's wildest imagination, how great it got. But it was like, you knew it was going to be, it was going to be great. And there's so many memories and it's like, you know, 10, you know, you're, I was like in my twenties. So you're out at the bars and the whole city's into hockey for the first time. And I've loved hockey since I was five. But now it's like everybody's into it. And it was just it, it captivated everyone. It was so fun. So you have like this deep 
this deep connection and memories tied to those two guys. I cannot stomach the thought. Like I can't. Like I keep thinking of ways where it's like, well, maybe you get Kane to resign and he wants to play with Bedard, and then the next year you sign Matthews and you're right back in the top. And like those are the types of games I'm playing in my own brain. I'm in the shower thinking the, of these things. Well, okay. Yeah. Sometimes that's too much information, but uh, <laughs> no, I think. And look, the conversation you had with your dad about Kane and getting on board and getting tickets, yeah. some kid may be having in the Chicagoland area if indeed they get Connor Bedard yeah. or they're in the running and they have the worst record and they have that 18.5% chance to land yeah. Connor Bedard because he does look like he is a special, special player. I wonder what the influx of uh, people on the waiting list will be immediately after lottery night. Oh. If if the ticket lines are going to be blowing up because oh, it's absolutely. like hey hey we're Bad we're luck. back yeah and and it changes it changes the timeline of the totally. rebuild totally and, and like all of a sudden you know getting Matthews as a free agent isn't plausible. crazy it's plausible yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. changes if mm-hmm. indeed they land Bedard yep so we'll talk about that yep. coming up as well Patrick Kane here he is on how he's approaching the final year of his contract and possibly being asked to be traded. To be honest with you, there really hasn't been like much discussion about anything. You know, even with uh, my agent or my parents or, or my family, it's not—it's not, it's not uh, you know anything we've we've really discussed. I mean, I think uh, you know I think we all know the situation. You know, I play and you know what could potentially happen, but um, it's not really anything I'm thinking about as of yet. So we'll just kind of see how everything plays out, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get off to a good start here. And, you know, prove some people wrong. I know a lot of people are, are counting this team out and, and what we can do, but I think we have a lot of motivated players and motivated coaching staff as well. So, yeah, hopefully we get off to a good start. Starts here in training camp, just getting up getting up to speed and everyone feeling good and, you know, excited about that. I'm not buying that he hasn't talked to his family about this and thought, uh, you know, where he could possibly end up. Uh, but you I think, think it, it, you think he's on Zillow looking at houses in Miami or Colorado uh, yeah, or places no, like that? Probably not yet. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But he knows... He knows cap room for certain teams. He yeah. knows what lines need a right winger. He he he's he's done that, and he's going to watch and survey the NHL at the start yeah. of this season and see if certain teams are contenders or if they're not. And and he'll cross some teams off the list, and uh, you know because he's going to have suitors, and he's going to get a nice contract when this season yeah. is over. I think there's probably legitimately 25 teams at this point being like, well, let's keep it tabs on Patrick Kane. Yeah. So, like, obviously, Coyotes, Canadians, those teams that are down with the, with the Hawks, not. But everybody else who's, like, kind of flirting with, hey, like, if we get hot, like New Jersey. New Jersey could be a team where it's like, hey, like, we have a lot of guys. Jack, you're like, you want to play with Jack Hughes? You want to play with, you know, some he share all these guys? Like, they have a lot of talent. They're going to be a fun team to watch this year. Uh, they just they can't keep the puck out of the net. But since when does Kane care about that? He wants to have fun, score goals, and, and play meaningful games. And I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be monitoring that situation, whether he is or not. Part of me, I am holding out hope that he's just like, you know, I care about the records. I care about the back of my hockey card. I want to be here. My family's here. And let's, let's re-sign and go for that. And he does. He's uber competitive. Yeah. But take a look at the roster. It's, it's, and, and so, it's so bad. if you are indeed chasing those yeah. records and you're trying to catch Makita, uh, it's going to be a lot more difficult. With I mean, yeah. and we looked in the preseason, scoring is a problem, and a, a major part of that is you know Alex DeBrinket, his 
his wingman, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, was traded on NHL draft night. And here's Kane's reaction to the cat being dealt to Ottawa. Yeah, that's you know that's that's disappointing, and uh, you know, just uh, it was kind of crushing at first when when you hear the news because. You know, not only did I feel like we had some great chemistry on the ice, but he was, you know, one of my best friends and closest teammates off the ice as well. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was tough, but um, I think he's a guy that's going to develop into a great player, better than he already is. I mean, he's in a good situation there in Ottawa. He's going to play with some good players and put up numbers and do well, and uh, it'll be fun to watch him do that. But at the same time, you kind of wish you were doing it with him because I felt like. You know, we had that chemistry. We had the friendship off the ice. You know, he was at the point where, you know, he was, wasn't was scared to give it back to me or, or anything like that. I think we really pushed each other. So definitely a guy I'll miss playing with. You hear Patrick say he was crushed. And when he means somebody that would give it back to me, it wasn't just it wasn't give him the puck. No, giving him a lip. It, it wasn't. We saw yeah. it during oh, games yeah. last year where the yeah. two got a little salty and you know what? Even the future Hall of Famer needs to be put in his place every once in a while. Totally. Isn't he used to having his best friends ripped away from him on this team, though? Like, that, that, yeah, yeah, that's true. So, Artemi Panarin. Artemi Panarin, Sharpie. He never really had a center. I always wonder how many points he would have had if they had gave him a competent center to play the majority of his career with. You know, I, what bothers me, and we can go back to the uh, 2016, end of 2016, the thought was, let's make Jonathan Taves better by bringing Brandon Sod back. Yep. Whoever plays with Patrick, he'll make better. Right. And, and that's true to a degree. He does. He, totally, but, yeah. But also, a better player will take his game to an MVP level like Panarin did. Yeah. did. Yeah. So like, and they were just scratching the and, surface. And it's just yeah. like, it was just... Uh, yeah. That one never made sense to me. We could... If you were trying to clear cap room, fine. But when you bring in a guy who's worse for the same cap number, it just, I will, I'll never get over it. I will never get over it. It's one of those, I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now that says triggered. Yeah. I, I think about that trade and I get instantly like, I get all tense and mad because I get triggered thinking of like, what, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? And, you know, and, and like the thing with Debrinket, you know, and maybe Patrick is thinking, you know, he looks at a Max Domi. And I, again, this is me trying to be optimistic here, but it did take Kane and Debrinket a while to get on the same page. And they, this was really the first year where they were on a line together for the majority of the year, and it really was successful. So I think as slow as things have looked in the preseason, Kane and Domi and whoever he's playing with, he's going to find a way to get his points. Like I, I still think he's going to be a point per game guy playing with Domi, Anthony Sioux, whoever they whoever they throw out with him, he's going to find a way to get his, and, it, and maybe. It, I have a theory that they're going to get a lot more uh, special teams opportunities, both pe- they're being more penalized and drawing more, because I think they're going to be a hard-working team uh, that's difficult to play against, because that's, that's Luke Richardson, and that's they've acquired a like lot five of Five on five, they're going to be difficult to play against. I, well, you're going to score goals, but yeah. you're not going to have a fun time doing it. No. So I think they're going to get some retaliation. Guys will be battling for pucks. There'll be holdings. There'll be four, you know, a lot of, I think there will be a lot, of, uh, a lot of penalties called in Blackhawks games this year, and I think that'll lead to some opportunities for Kane at four on four or on five on four, and I think they have enough to have a competent power play, at least. I think Kane is going to end up playing with Taves and Tyler Johnson this afternoon in the final tune-up. Yeah. Uh, he is the triggered barstool chief i am pat boyle this is the hockey show and coming up next dave bolin he was part of the last successful rebuild with the hawks 
What was that experience like for him, and what does he think of the current rebuild? He joins the Hockey Show next on ESPN 1000. Separating these teams from another overtime. Hasn't happened yet, though. Here's one thrown by Pro League that's blocked away by Rass. Help to the back. Oh, do you shot deflected? Scramble! They score! Bowman! Three to two with less than a minute to go! finishes in modern day sports history 2013 looked like it was going to be game seven back at the madhouse on madison but brian bickle and dave Bolin changed that two goals in 17 seconds and the two-time stanley cup champion dave Bolin joins the hockey show i am pat boyle in with barstool chief and uh Dave, it never gets old hearing that that clip, does it? No, it never does. It always pops up on, I know, back home in Canada. I live in Florida now, but back home in Canada, TSN, uh, it pops up once in a while, and uh, it's always Instagram or something like that. It's always popping up. So it's always always get goosebumps and uh, always think about it. I like that it still bothers people online from uh, from Boston. Like, if you want to yeah, get under somebody's skin, you just <laughs> you just post that picture or that video with Dave Bullen, and it's like, yeah, I, I won the argument. Whatever the argument is, I use Dave Bullen. That's like that's checkmate. A hundred percent, just to shut them up. Right? Yep. <laughs> hey, we're in rebuild mode right now here in Chicago, as you know, with your former team, and you know you were a part of it. Uh, at the start of the three cups in six seasons, you were drafted in 2004. You played in Norfolk, which was uh, the former AHL affiliate for the Blackhawks. And then you had time in, in part of 0708 uh, in Rockford. Uh, what, what was it like, you know, being with that team in Rockford and, you know, making your way to the NHL with Kane and Taves being drafted and, and momentum of something special? Uh, was was about to happen. Did you guys realize that at the time? I don't think we realized it at the time, but I knew like we knew we had something special. We had Big Buff, we had myself, uh, Frazier, Burrish. Uh, we added Eager, um, but we I, we knew that that we had something going on, and I think Dale did a great job uh, drafting those those few years there uh, that we were there. Uh, I know. I think my year was myself, Cam Barker. Uh, he was there for a little bit. Brian Bickle, um, Birdie, a few other guys that that were just through the roster. But uh, we kind of filled the spots with with other guys. But and then we had Kaner and Taser, which are two star players that you kind of build upon uh, and build a team around. And I think we just did a great job of, of putting players around those two guys and, and adding depth and, and grit. Uh, <clears throat> to the lineup that uh, that helped us win a few Stanley Cups. How did you go about 
and did anybody install anything in particular about building a culture and building like a, a sense of accountability? Is that something that you guys like had to work at or was it something that somebody led the way on? No, I think we knew that. I think a lot of guys growing up, uh, I know back then uh, that, that we grew up with that, uh, that we grew up with that kind of the culture and, and what we need to do. Uh, we took a lot of things accountable. Uh, I know when things were going wrong or, or something was, uh, was happening, we, uh, we sat down by ourselves. We didn't really need the coach. He was there to, uh, to take care of us and to manage us and to tell us what to do kind of on the ice. Uh, but us as a team, we were, we were, we were us. Uh, if something was going on, the coaches were out of the room and, and Taser would, would bring something up or Steve's or, or one of the, the leaders and, and we take care of it ourselves. And that, that was the great thing about that team. Two-time Stanley Cup champion Dave Boland joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. Uh, you, you talk about Q, and uh, I'll go back to Luke Richardson when he was introduced as the new head coach of the Blackhawks. Troy Murray turned to me, and he said, this guy has a presence. How important is it in the National Hockey League to have that coach that has a presence that the team tends to take uh, on the identity of that coach. Do, do you believe that? I believe it, 100%. You want to look at a, a coach that's respectful, that's respected around the league. And uh, it, you also look at a coach sometimes uh, that, that's played the game. Uh, I know there's some coaches, you see like a guy like Wayne Gretzky that put up how many points, was the best player ever. Uh, they couldn't kind of figure it out. But then there's kind of the, not, I wouldn't say the, the, the fourth line guys, but the guys that uh, that did not too bad and 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 worked hard and, and kind of grinded it through that are that are good coaches. Uh, I know a guy like Richards uh, Richardson then coming in as the as a coach now. He was a he was a big grinder. Uh, he was a big player when I remember watching. I think I got maybe got to play against him in his last two years uh, in the league. But he's got a presence. Uh, he showed it when he played uh, and. You can tell when he's on the ice there and, and he's, he's talking. Uh, he, he's got a presence out there. So I think it's something that's going to help the, help the Hawks and, and hopefully build into how we were a few years ago. Yeah, I think that is the thing with like the truly great ones like Kratzky. Like, I'll just do what I did. Super, it's super yeah. easy. Just score a thousand points. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where Richards is like, no, like it's actually got to grind it out every second, every day uh, to, to keep a job. So I guess that would be like the next question is like how do you how do if you're if you're Patrick Kane and you know him obviously very well how do you try to instill that level of competitiveness that existed uh, when you guys were there to this team that it's like it feels like it's a bunch of journeymen like how do you build a culture of guys who you don't think anybody's going to be there beyond maybe this next couple years yeah hundred percent it is tough it is tough when you come to the rebuilding years. Who's going to have? What's going to happen with Kaner? Is Kaner going to stay or is he going to go? Uh, Taser, same thing. Like, what's what's the deal? Like, but I think a lot of those guys, when they get out there, they play. Uh, it, who cares who's in the lineup? Uh, that's the one thing about about when when you're in the NHL. Uh, it's not a guy. I didn't care who I was out there with. I didn't care who was was what was going on. I was I cared about being out on the ice and playing in that game, uh, and that was. That's that 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 was the thing that was kind of instilled uh, when I was playing. That I didn't my left winger, my right winger. I'm going to do whatever I can to help them out there. But 
I'm out there in this moment. I'm out there for 20 minutes tonight. Uh, I'm going to instill everything I can. Uh, but I think Kaner and Taser, I think they, they still have that instinct. They, it, it never leaves you as a hockey player, uh, maybe until you get 40 and it's a little <laughs> hard out there and you're dragging feet and some of the young guys are, are skating around you. But um, but they, they still have that instinct. They still have that drive. Uh, that's something that just never goes away. Stanley Cup champion Dave Boland joins us for a final couple minutes here on the Hockey Show. Uh, you had the nickname The Rat. W- which teammate gave you that nickname? How'd that come about? Uh, I think it was Lad. I'm pretty sure it was Lad that said uh, we were sitting there and I think you might have been there, Pat, interviewing or something like that uh, in the room after. And someone, 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 someone said something. Um, and uh, Laddie's like, yeah, he's just a, he's just like a rat out there, and that's just kind of how it stuck, and uh, kind of stuck with it, and and kept it going. <laughs> it, it's like the biggest insult if you watch like The Godfather. Something like that guy's a rat. When you talk yeah. hockey, it's like that is maybe the best compliment you can give a guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. I think that's my game was was to get those top guys off their games and I did it uh, and we achieved some some big things I know like if if I was going against the Sedin twins uh, and if I wasn't ready there was those two are Hall of Famers or great players uh, if I wasn't ready they would have walked all over me and put four or five in the back of the net and that could have been the night uh, any top player out there so it's it's it, it was a role that I kind of came in, came up from junior when I was scoring and putting points up and doing the the pretty things. Uh, I wanted to stay in the NHL, and I didn't really want to go back to Rockford. <laughs> so uh, down at the NHL, the planes were a lot nicer than the bus, and the food was a lot better. Um, Chicago cut on the plane, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we had surf and turf, sushi. Yeah. I remember in the, in, in the minors, we'd always, uh, we'd always throw a little, there's a menu in the middle of the room, and it's some mom and pops shop down the road, Italian subs or something like that. There'd always be twenty bucks missing because yeah. someone wouldn't pay. And uh, so, but uh, you're but yeah, splitting so, McNuggets, yeah. I know, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a little different up there. Um, so that that was the one thing that that for me, I just I I was like, I want to be in the NHL. I want to play up here. And I, it could have took me. I could have been that thirty goal, forty goal if I probably would have stuck in the minors longer and just done the, the prettier things, but I wanted to stay up there and I wanted to be a grinder. That's just uh, how it rolled. Well, what, now I'm like, I, I got my brain fixated on what you were eating on the plane. Yeah. What, what was the your rat, The rat like yeah. lobster, he did. Yeah. He, he was he not, didn't not, like fish ticks. Not, not for the cheese. What, yeah. what was, no, I feel like you ticks. had to have something waiting for you at your seat. What was your order? No, we always had, we always had a little menu. We, we always had, they always bring a little menu to us and it'd either be like, we're got to eat healthy, so it'd either be chicken, salmon, steak. And it was always something like that, so you'd mix it up once in a while. Okay. But then during the year, like once we got the playoffs, we'd get Gibson's ordered to the plane. We'd get uh, some sushi. So it, it, it was nice. It was nice. I was it, it uh, a different <laughs> setup when you were in Toronto or, or Florida? Did they take care of you the same way the Hawks did? Because yeah, now I so, want other like free agents to hear this. Be like, well, we got well, we no, cut on little, the plane. It is, it is a little different. But yeah. Toronto's an original 16. Same as Chicago. Lots of spending money. So yep. Toronto was the same. Florida, nah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're all hungry, uh, we really appreciate you, Dave, joining us on the hockey show. 
and uh, all the best down there in Florida. How did you uh, How did you handle Hurricane Ian? Was it did it uh, come we, by your? We got We got lucky. We got lucky over here. Uh, I'm in Boca, so it it hit the Gulf side. Uh, it's kind of sad to see what happened over there with 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 how it came in and. It kind of went towards Tampa, and then last minute kind of veered off and and went down to Fort Myers and Fort Myers and Naples. So uh, it's tough over there. So I hope everything's getting cleaned up and getting help and all that. So it's uh, it doesn't look good. We're happy uh, that you're okay, and we appreciate you joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Anytime, guys. Always available. Coming up, results to our poll question. How many players from opening night will be on the next Blackhawks playoff team? That's next. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Show on ESPN 1000, sponsored by the Chicago Wolves. We we'll get back in action next Saturday night. It's good hockey. It's good hockey. Banner night. Uh, home opener is October 15th against the Milwaukee Admirals. Like you said, first 5,000 fans get a replica championship jersey. So get there early. Get on that Metro wherever you're coming from. It's a great place to watch hockey. And uh, look, they're, they're they're rolling, and and they're the affiliate for Carolina, and Carolina is a, a, a great team yeah. as well. Hey, let's uh, sneak in a phone call here. Scott from Lockport, he joins the hockey show on ESPN One Thousand. Good morning, Scott, or good afternoon. What's up, fellas? How you doing today? We're doing all right. What's on your mind? Good. Good. Yeah, I started listening to the Chief earlier. Um, I was out last night with a couple of my sources. Uh, Patrick Kane will be staying in Chicago. He wants an extension, but he has not been offered one yet. And Austin Matthews will not be a Toronto Maple Leaf in two years. Okay. W- were you just out with me? <laughs> yeah, I agree with Chief. Yeah. I'm on Chief's team right here. All right. All right. I-, I love it. Scott, so we per, like the per sources, which might have just been like myself, I don't know. I, I didn't go out last night, so I don't know who this guy's talking to. But that is that's my my like golden ticket plan is get Bedard, Kane signs, Matthew plays. Imagine how many goals he'd have uh, playing with Patrick Kane. That's that's a great selling point. Yeah, you really think Patrick with look? He's not going to wait to find out if the lottery balls fall in his favor. Correct for, for Bedard. So. Yeah. But you, yeah, so that that happens. It just depends, and if like, hey, like he's got a small kid, his wife's family's from here, he can just stay. Just it's nice here. It's a great city. The oh, weather this- will start to turn. Reminders of how great this city is will start to come out next spring, right when the deadlines come around. Maybe he's just like, you know what, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so you know what? With your logic, it may change the way we react to the poll question. Yeah. yeah. So the poll question we had uh, up and running was uh, how many players from opening night, which is Wednesday in Denver, uh, will be on the next Blackhawks playoff team? Zero, one to two, three to four, or five or more? And what did uh, what did the Blackhawk fans say? Well, the Blackhawk fans have said overwhelmingly at 39.6% that it's one to two. So okay. that would be... Seth Jones. Seth Jones for sure. And it sounds like, according to this guy, per his sources, Patrick Kane. Those are the two guys. Let's let's get this rocket ship going. This sounds like a David Kaplan source where it's <laughs> it's the produce guy at Whole Foods. Yeah, he's a limo driver. Yeah. 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 I was out last night. Yeah. And, you know, they're gonna they're gonna fix the lottery so that uh, the Hawks get Bedard. You know what? They should fix the lottery so uh, the Hawks, no, they should do that. They I mean, should do you, that. Do you not want one of your I, best markets to have one so. of the best players? Just fix it, Gary. Just yes. do it. Do it. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I do think Patrick's going to ask, 
and move on to another team. I think he'll sign a two- to three-year deal with a new team in the offseason. I think he comes back for the final send-off in Chicago when the Blackhawks are back, relevant, and maybe a Connor Bedard and company are mm-hmm. ready to to hoist the cup or make a legit run at it. He comes back in three years or so. Yeah, I, I'm almost hoping. You remember the Red Sox traded Lester to uh, the Oakland A's? And yes. like, ah, then they made the big push, but he signed with the Cubs. But their thing was like, let's get all the prospects, and we'll just sign them back in the summer. Maybe the, maybe the Blackhawks can actually execute that deal. Just go out, like get an Airbnb for a couple months somewhere and then come back home and then we'll have Bedard, we'll have all these extra assets and then all of a sudden, 2024, you know, that was like the big problem or the big issue watching this team this year is that, like the poll question says, no one, there's no one even really to get excited about because Reichel's down, Vlasic is probably going to spend most of the year in Rockford, so you're not, you don't even get to be like, hey, like this guy, I'm optimistic about this guy, you're not going to see it. So I think next year, if Kane... You know, you can. I think there's a way where he doesn't. You know, he's not gone forever, and that's what I'm hoping. I I was actually surprised that they hadn't even be like, well, what do you think about an extension? What do you think? They they said they've had preliminary discussions. Okay, but, but it's I, better than it's better than none at all. Better than none. Thanks to our producer Charlie Bevins, our guest Dave Bolin. Thanks to the Chicago Wolves for our sponsorship. Hey, coming up next, it's White Sox Weekly with the one and only Connor McKnight and. Did you have fun here, Chief? Uh, I did. Day I did. one? Yeah, we in had the book, show only one, only, uh, one protest going down the street, so that I got a little distracted yeah. there for a second, but beautiful studio, happy to be here, happy to talk in hockey uh, with you and, and the rest of the city, so it's been great. Hot mic situation, we just, you know, hey, just roll with it. Wait, we'll see if I'm invited back next week. That's going to do yeah. it for the hockey show on ESPN 1000. White Sox Weekly is coming your way next.